Once the world was full of wonders, but it belongs to humans now. We creatures have all but disappeared. Demons, vampires and witches, hiding in plain sight, fearful of discovery, ill at ease even with each other. again to a discovery of witches demons and vampires the podcast a weekly discussion of the shutter television series at least in the united states of the show a discovery of witches season two uh, this will be the ninth episode of our podcast because the first episode was a recap of season one and then we've done weekly discussions of each episode since I am one of your co-hosts, Philip, from the state of New Hampshire in the U.S. of A., and with me in the state of, actually, the Commonwealth of Virginia. Hey, this is Barrett. All right, how are you? Good. How are you? Doing all right. And in the state of Missouri? Good evening. This is Kevin. Kevin, how's it going? Just fine. Excellent. Uh, so, uh, for folks who have stumbled upon us and uh, are curious uh, who we are and what we do, uh, we are part of the Dark Discussions News Network, which is www.darkdiscussions.com. It is a, a uh, news website uh, that talks all things genre. So, columns, podcasts, reviews, uh, release notices, um, all sorts of things. So, if you are a follower of horror, sci-fi, fantasy, thrills, techno thrills, mysteries, grindhouse, art house, midnight movies, video games, anime, uh, horror novels, or whatever, uh, it is a website that you should check out daily because it is updated constantly. Um, I can say you can email us too, which is darkdiscussions at aol.com, or press the contact us on the website. And it will fill out, uh, put up a form that you just fill out and you press send, and it's basically the same thing in email. Um, it is uh, one of our most successful podcasts, this one here. Uh, it's got over 3,500 listeners, and uh, it's continually being uh, a top performer each week. Uh, there's a lot of fans out there that enjoy the, the show, it seems, and uh, hopefully they are enjoying us discussing the show as well. Uh, we've been fairly favorable because it is a, a damn good show. Um, before we get into our discussion tonight on episode eight, uh, we do actually have our first email. So I think, uh, uh, Kevin, yeah, no kidding, right, Barrett? Uh, yeah. I think you're, you're um, I guess, asking for folks to send emails. Someone finally did. Uh, we appreciate it. Uh, who sent us this email and what does it have to say? Yes, um, a Debbie Ledesma has sent us an email. First of all, thank you, Debbie, for thank being, you. 
Yes, thank you very much for being the inaugural uh, emailer for this uh, for this show. And if there's others who would like to uh, follow in Debbie's footsteps, you are definitely welcome. Uh, okay, so from Debbie Ledesma, and if I mispronounced your name, please forgive me. Uh, it would, it's definitely not intentional if I have. Anyway, gentlemen, I have enjoyed listening to your podcast on the Discovery of Witches TV series. I just finished the episode on season 2.7. I like some of your insights and thoughts on the characters. I've read the books and can tell you that the series is a very good adaptation of them, even though some of the scenes don't make sense to you. It follows the books fairly close. The books are in the first-person point of view of Dana so that it wouldn't work in a TV series. I don't want to spoil things for anyone, but you had questions on some of the characters introduced. Benjamin Fuchs will be uh, a major part of Season 3. That's why they're introducing him now. Uh, Jack will also will be back also. Uh, season 3 will take, ta- take place in our time. No more time travel. You liked the character of the rabbi. In the books, he was a witch weaver like Diana. Also, the bohemian part of the story took place in, the, in Prague in the books. I look forward to your next podcast. Sincerely, Debbie. Thank you. Yeah, That's thank you very much. Thank you for that insight, especially the, uh, you know, this is all in the first uh, first person, Diana, which I, I'm kind of curious in how the books talked about, you know, what was happening in, in present time, unless Diana was recapping. Um, but, oh, uh, yeah, that's a good question, Kevin. Yeah, but... Um, Okay. Well, that, I mean, it, Benjamin Fuchs will be a major part of season three. That's good, you know, because Kamar, you know. And Jack uh, What was it? Yeah, Jack will also be in uh, season three. She didn't talk about Gallo Glass, though. Yeah, but he's going to be because uh, I saw him on Twitter talking about how he he just wrapped up season three and, and was glad to have been a part no, of No, I know he's going to be. I just was a like well, information. <laughs> I think, well, yeah, I think it's also going to be interesting that uh, I'm kind of curious on um, if he, well, if he was also in the book, she didn't mention him, him being in the books uh, in the book in season three, but you know, probably is. Uh, it's interesting. We talked, she mentioned the rabbi uh, yeah. was also a witch weaver like Diana. I, who knows? Maybe they'll, maybe they'll uh, tell us this later, but uh that that's fascinating. So thank you again, Diana, for uh, your emails and your insight. We uh, we're uh, very you mean Debbie. 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 Sorry, Diana's the name of the character. Diana's the <laughs> character. Sorry, it's Debbie. Thank you, Alec. <laughs> Diana wrote us. That would be really something. Um, but yes, thank you, Debbie, for your insights and everything. We really appreciate it. Yeah, and hopefully, uh, you, if you want to uh, email us. Uh, Again, too. That would be great. We'll keep on sending them. And we'll read them next week as well. Um, yeah, and it, it is also interesting. Um, a couple other things, because she didn't mention another character, but we did see that character in the, the coming attractions for next week, which is uh, uh, Matthew's sister. So uh, we'll talk all about that uh, later as well. Um and whatnot. So, yeah, uh, that's a really good question that you asked, Kevin. 
which is I wonder how they do this episode and that prior episode that was took place back in the future, as well as any of the Peter Knox um, scenes. Because again, if it's first person through her eyes, um, I wonder if those other scenes are things that happen off screen in the book and and they just made them as as you know part of uh what happens i don't know i mean yeah things we just like in the books maybe you just hear about them from diana's perspective and you don't really get a scene from it but in the show we're getting a scene for it which is kind of neat it's interesting yeah and and they they do that they've done that in uh like game of thrones they did that too where uh john snow not uh, the the big scene where he's at the the recruiting the, the um the wildlings and that scene supposedly takes place off book as well it's they just mentioned that it happens harrow hall or whatever it's called oh, yeah. hard hard yeah. hard home that's it hard home. yeah so so other books or tv adaptations have done the same um so yeah that's interesting um all right so let's uh give, uh, give some uh information about this episode here that we're going to discuss tonight, which is again, episode eight, um, no title because the, the show does not give titles. Um, and it is directed by Farron Blackburn written by Pete McTeague. Uh, it aired February 26, uh, 2021. Um, and that was in the UK and in the U S it was February 27th, 2021. And, uh, in the U S and then today, is February 28th, 2021, that we're recording this, uh, to hope to have it released tomorrow, uh, March 1st. Um, and that's pretty much all I got. Uh, I do have a the quick synopsis that they have on uh, uh, Wiki, uh, and it basically says, Marcus approaches Phoebe with the emblem of the Knights of Lazarus and invites her to research the organization. Once Phoebe accepts the reality of vampires, she and Marcus resume the relationship Knox has discovered Edward Kelly's connection to the Book of Life. He informs Gerbert that, or how do you say his name? Not Gerbert. Joubert. Joubert. Yeah, Joubert. Joubert. He informs Joubert that one missing page was entrusted to each of the three supernatural species. Sophie gives birth to a girl, Margaret, who is determined to be a witch. Uh, Marcus visits the site of the congregation and stands up to Baldwin, but he unwisely tells him about the witch born of demons. Uh, Baldwin shares this information with Jaber, who in turn tells Knox. Sarah finds out that Emily continues to practice higher magic and is furious, but she ultimately asks to join in the next attempt to contact Rebecca, uh, which is Diana's mother. Agatha Wilson finds Knox in her granddaughter's hospital room, having put Nathaniel and Sophie to sleep. Knox warns her the time will come when the witches will take Margaret away to raise among her own kind. Uh, and so that's pretty much the summation. Hey, I want, uh, to so we... quick, yeah. I want to make one quick point before we start. Kevin, you were right. The That was a note written by him that gave them proof of the pages possibly existing. So I, know I already, already got that text from Kevin. I see you were right. I just wanted to let everyone know Kevin was right. We okay. misinterpreted that part, Phil and I, and uh, you're right. Okay. Well, first of all, do not worry. I will not let it go to my head. 
<laughs> and I, sure. I, but I have to admit, I, 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 I didn't even rub it in. Uh, <laughs> uh, and you, you did have to text me, though. You had to text. I did have to text you. Yes, I did. I, I, I would have too. I would have too. So don't feel bad. Yeah, me too. Me too. <laughs> okay. So anyway, yeah, and that's that. I appreciate that. But it's like I said, it's um, yep. Um, just wanted to let the entire world know we were wrong. <laughs> All right. So. Yeah, all right, so let's uh, to, to, to coin the like I said, to coin the immortal words of Fezzik from Princess Bride. Don't worry, I won't let it go to my head. <laughs> there you go. Uh, all right, so to uh, determine whether we like this episode or not, we'll do a roundtable and discuss. So I guess I'll go first. Um, this episode was solid enough. Uh, I didn't think it was a, a fantastic episode. It felt more of one of those uh, bridge episodes, uh, basically from. Uh, what happened in the last two to three episodes and how uh, it's setting up, I guess, the the penultimate and finale uh, c- coming up in the next two weeks. So it, it kind of felt, felt uh, more of a bridge and so therefore a weaker episode than most. Uh, the story did move along fine enough. Uh, we did get more elements of where we're going uh, and whatnot. So, yeah, it was uh, solid enough. Uh, definitely not one of the better episodes of season two or season one, you know, just a, a above average episode because, again, it felt like a bridge. But all in all, uh, thumbs up. Uh, let's go with you, Barrett. Um, I liked the episode probably about as much as you did, maybe a little bit more. Um, it Definitely the last two episodes were superior um, there were parts of this that I really, really liked, but there was also, I, I'm going to bring up one negative thing that just is bugging me. And it's this whole trying to call up Rebecca storyline that is not getting any conclusion. I want it to stop. <laughs> I'd like them to actually either contact or stop doing it. One of the two. <laughs> so, but otherwise I think the episode is really good. All right. Uh, Kevin. Uh, yeah, this was a, is a good show. It's um, I think I'll probably I think I liked it as about the same level as uh, Barrett. But um, yeah, it was. It was a it was a uh, a link show. Uh, we did have some momentous or, um, you know, some interesting things happen here, like, you know, the bait, the, the, the demon baby was that the witch baby born from demons happened. Uh, and as Phil mentioned that, uh, you know, Mar- Marcus messed up because he told, uh, I forgot his name right off the top of my head. Um, oh, uh, Baldwin. Baldwin, right. He told Baldwin that, uh, he told Baldwin about the baby. But he who, should be able to trust Baldwin, let's be honest. Well, he should, but you, but I mean, right after... The prior episode that Marcus was no. involved, right? It was but like the, a, well, a power struggle is, between them. Well, I mean, the the scene right before they got into an argument, they, you know, they argued back and forth with each other about, you know, handing over the knights, you know, and, he, you know, pretty much insinuate at first insinuated that uh, Marcus was weak. And then Marcus tells him what, you know, about the about the 
about the baby. And then they had this whole thing about how dad was disappointed in you and all that sort of thing. I mean, Marcus probably should have figured, okay, I, you know, I mean, I don't know. It's just after having an argument like that, I probably would have played well, my cards close to my chest right well, at, at that well, point. Well, to be on the safe side. Okay. Well, well, but we'll get into all that. Uh, but the question is, um, you know, uh, your opinion on the episode, any further? Oh, it was, I mean, it, 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 like I said, it was, it was, I mean, there, there isn't a dud in the group, so it was a good episode. Um, you know, we see it, it was, it primarily took place today, except for the absolute start and the absolute end. And I mean, the, the thing with um, Matthew and Diana, they were, I mean, their time, their screen time together was less than five minutes. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, it was, and so, I mean, and there's, there's some interesting things about that. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a link between, you know, our bumper, or whatever it's, um, but it, it gives us, it gives us a good idea of things that are going to happen soon. All right, sounds good. Um, now, uh, yes. Uh, speaking of uh, Prague versus Bohemia, I, I wonder if they did it as a, a non-disclosed Bohemia because it was maybe uh, easier and cheaper because you could just grab any castle in any beach to do it versus a, a inner city landscape or something, you know. But I, I, I guess they could have done Prague using the same uh, streets that they were using for London. Uh, but for some reason, they, they decided not to. Uh, I think it was easier just for them to say it was a hunting lodge, you know, in Bohemia. Just because, you know, having a major upscale city in Eastern Europe might have been a little more than they wanted to deal with at that point. <laughs> yeah, that's all I can think of, too. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So, um, again, uh, for folks who are listening to this podcast, whether you're new or otherwise, the reason you're listening to this podcast is you're a fan of the books and already know things about the show because you read the books or you're a fan of the books. I mean, the show and you want to hear other people's opinions um, on what, uh, what I guess was shown us. So, uh, we're or you just that, love us. That's right. And I assume that everybody. <laughs> has uh seen the show or we're going to assume that everybody has seen the show so we're going to not only review but we critique as well so our, this show is a review and critique therefore uh, we discuss everything and anything that fits our fancy and we want to dissect and decipher and whatnot um all right so let's uh let's start uh i guess with Deanna's story, uh, or Deanna, uh, Diana's story, because uh, Diana happens to have, as you say, Kevin, only about five minutes of screen time along with uh, Matthew. So this is another one of those episodes in the season that uh, we we basically leave our main characters. But they do have some interesting little pieces, uh, both that take place in the bedroom um, and <laughs> with the book. Uh, you have a dirty mind. <laughs> that just makes it sound funny. Yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> my wife just um, made me watch Bridgerton this weekend, so it even comes out more funny. <laughs> oh, oh, is that the one that 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 guy was trying to say that 
was a better show because it was more woke or something? Yes, I think so. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good show. Don't get me wrong, but that statement was funny. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. So let's uh, discuss about that. So there's two scenes. One scene where D- Diana is looking through the book, and as we see. Uh, the pictures and all that move at least when she looks through the book uh, or whatnot. Um, she's looking and, gaunt, like she's undead yeah, almost. She looks so gaunt. Yeah, she also looks very uh, upset or disturbed as well. Yeah. yeah, ill. She's definitely looking ill, feeling ill, and she's she's struggling because it almost like she's trying to get the connection. Like there's like the book has it almost sounds like the book has to choose you or you have to have some sort of connection with the book. And she's pretty much saying that she doesn't have it. So she's like the she pretty much says, like, the book is blocking me or something like that. And then, yeah, I wanted to ask Barrett, uh, did you think that feel that, too, that what she was implying there well i mean she was i mean she was ill she was i mean she looked like you said she looked gaunt she looked sick she looked ill Uh, but the last part but she was struggling because it was almost like she was trying to you know she was trying to look through this book she was having a real tough time with it and it's like she it's like the book refused to connect with her it's just like the book was blocking her from from being able to connect and to read, which is I'm not sure I feel the same way about that. Well, I thought she mentioned something like that. Like she mentioned, like the book is blocking me. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know if I felt that either, Barrett. Um, I thought she was thinking that the book was possibly saying things that disturbed her more than if she being upset that it was she couldn't read it but i don't know yeah yeah i was feeling a little bit of both of that also i was feeling a little bit like the book is draining her like yeah they are connected in some way but it's it's taking like her life force to understand it to try and understand it well considering what we saw at the i mean can we talk about the end scene sure okay yeah yeah that's perfect i mean considering what we saw at the end scene where we see the tree of life and mm-hmm. it's dying. Um, um, we see it. We we see the we see the tree of life. It looks. I mean, it looks like it's dying. And we see. What we see, you know, what looks like souls of people falling from a tree. It's almost like you hear them screaming on mm-hmm. their way out. You know, and then so I mean, she's obviously having a nightmare, but also it just seems like this book is having a, a, let's just say, a very negative effect on her. Well, and here's here's why I'm thinking they're connected to the book, whereas you're saying that they're not, like it's blocking her. The reason I feel like they're connected is because she's being drained. The same thing that's happening to the book is now happening to her, and something very bad is happening. Like, magic is disappearing, and that's part of the reason, like, creatures are starting to disappear and things like that. Does that make sense? It's just my theory, but. Well, I mean, maybe the book is blocking her from trying to, um, you know, trying to read it and understand it, but it's still, but it's acting parasitical or something. Yeah. 
I, well, I was think curious the book that, is in danger too. Sorry, go ahead, Phil. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Uh, please finish that, statement and then I'll bring up my point. Well, I think the book is part of magic, and I think it's in danger, just like all the creatures are in the future. And the book seems to transcend time, like it exists everywhere at once, almost. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You would think so. I mean, I mean, I, I don't know how interesting that is because technically you know if 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 a blacksmith makes a spoon the spoon's still there a hundred years later unless someone melts it right right exactly yep but but yeah i mean this obviously has supernatural abilities versus a spoon um unless we're talking about the matrix but (laughs) uh uh but here um i i thought thought it was interesting how matthew was really into finding and getting the book you know that's the reason why he was originally attracted to uh diana and then when he finally gets to hold the book he, he he's he's frightened by it and he hands it back to her as if he doesn't want to ta- touch it and yet then uh, interesting here was while she's sleeping next to him in bed he's looking through the book i think that's the book he's looking through is the book of life or, or whatever it is and and now he's he's not having issues with it but um, I now can think that his in- original intentions of just getting the book was uh, only a uh, something to to start moving the the I guess this tale along because um, if if it was just to get the book, obviously Diana's importance would. In the, in the story wouldn't be as big as it is, but it is obviously Diana's story. I, I don't know where I'm really going. It's just that it's just interesting that now the book is secondary to him compared to at the beginning of season one. And now he's okay with looking at it, but he's not necessarily wanting to except. Well, because, he called it in the last episode, he called it the book of death. Yeah, exactly. Instead of the Book of Life or whatever they've been applying, yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, it was made of, I mean, everything that it's made was from creature uh, creature parts, if you will, like hairs of vampires and skins of demons and inked with the blood of the of the vampires and all that sort of thing. It's just... I mean, we're talking Necronomicon stuff here, you know, from, from, you know, Evil Dead movies, um, you know, but that's, you know, that's why he's like, you know, this is more like a book of the dead. And I don't know if that was the book he was reading. I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure either, because there's one scene where it looks like what Phil is saying, where you just see hands and you see the book. And then when you see him looking at her, he's got a really small book that he's paging. Yeah. So it got, that that was a little confused to me. So I'm not sure if they were showing that like by her, but then you don't see it when he's looking over at her. I don't know. That was a weird scene. Yeah, yeah it was. Now, obviously, the dream was a dream, but based off of what she says when she wakes up, Diana wakes up, she says that yeah, things aren't looking good. Uh, so the dream dream she's interpreting more as as real than just you know, a dream or a nightmare that say any of us would have. Um, so whatever she saw with that tree of life and the soul screaming and, and pieces of it falling into the, the water and the, and the beach or wherever, 
um, is obviously an anonymous sign for her uh, because she thinks it is quote unquote real and not just a, a nightmare, you know, a typical, you know, bad dream. Uh, so I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Uh, any, anything else for the Diana and Matthew scenes? Because again, it's just the two scenes. Well, and that's it. it's interesting that in in the next week's preview, she doesn't look gaunt. <laughs> so it must right, right. get resolved fairly quickly. Whatever's causing that. Right. Right. That's true. Now, now, go, go, go. I don't know. Maybe she just started because I mean, I think at the beginning, you know, uh, Matthew says, you know, you were, I, <clears throat> Matthew says, you know, we prepared food for you downstairs. I mean, it almost sounds like he's saying, you know, you haven't eaten anything in, in a while. So, I mean, that the gauntness may also be just the fact that she just hasn't been eating. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it could be any anything, you know, uh, uh, and it and it may just be also uh, as I originally thought before we started talking about how it could have been sucking her life force or whatever, is that she's just like overwhelmed with what she's reading, and and that's the expression she gives us, which is uh, sick or sad or angry or depressed or whatever um, emotions. In other words, it's not friendly, happy emotions. It's Emotions that that are more uh, perturbed, in a sense. Um, speaking speaking of the book, let's talk about that for a little bit. The book, because uh, there's some parts about it. Uh, as we mentioned, um, the letters that we saw in the museum, uh, Kevin was correct. It was actually Kelly writing his synopsis of, of maybe the th- th- three pages that he ripped out of the book. Uh, but... Again, the three pages that were ripped out of the book, even though um, they weren't in the museum, they're they're still in the possessions, it appears, of the three supernatural beings, one for each. Um, and and Knox and uh, Gerber, Gerber, Joubert, Joubert, are very interested and obviously uh, getting their hands on those three p- pages, it seems. And I'm not yeah, sure what those pages not- matter, what they'll do, and how they'll help. Because, again, what, what's a page versus the entire book? And and what well, and is the book any good without the three pages? Right. Well, I mean, like, uh, what was it? Hang on a second. I mean, Knox, uh, I don't know if it was Knox or Jaber, was saying something like, it has to, like, they need, you kind of need those pages, almost like a key to actually get the book, because I think at one, I can't remember if it was Knox or Jaber that said, hey, if I had that page, if I had a page, one of those pages, I would have been able to get the book. Well, I wonder if that's things are out of whack. What he because, yeah, I wonder if things are out of whack because those three pages were ripped out of the book. Right. Like and the and book's it, not acting as it should because it's missing part of itself. And also, yeah, that, that's a good point. That's a good point. And, and again, since, since this is a time-type story, was Diana able to get a copy of the book back in Oxford in season one because somewhere in time she had the possession of, of, the, of one of the pages? 
Yeah, or like she just... had she touched the book at one point and got known by it, so she was able to get the book in the future because right. the book already knew her <laughs> from sixty from fifteen ninety. Yeah, Paradox. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so that could be a two, or there. This is just Knox and Joubert being wrong, and they're just assuming that oh, if we had a page of the book, we would we would have been access to book two. But in reality, the book had already has chosen Diana. From the start, right. Well, it's interesting. Then, 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 as um, ants, um, they even yeah, Diana's two ants. Yeah, yeah the, Diana's two ants. They they also mentioned that. Um, that's one of the reasons why they were trying. That's one reason why they have been actually the main reason why they've been trying to summon Diana's mother from you know from beyond, is that they are trying to see if they somehow had access to that page access to the witch's page you know um that was the whole i think that was one of the main reasons why they were trying to summon summon diana's mother i mean just one thing came to me is that you have three pages each one of the if, if it's the case that each one of those pages have to be turned to the book it almost sounds like like unity and like a reunification of the three species that will heal the three species, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, I mean, I can, I can almost see them trying to work that, like that kind of becoming a, a thing in the storyline, but we'll see. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, um, all right. So yeah, I mean, where like, do we want to take together and unifying and all that sort of thing? Right, right. No, that makes sense. Um, all right, so let's get into uh, some of the other story plots, um, and most of it, or I should say, all of it, it takes place in the in the present. Um, so let's let's talk about uh, the two aunts first, since uh, Barrett uh, brought it up. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm just so, a little tired uh, of that storyline. It's just gone on for too long in this season. Um, and every time it gets disturbed or doesn't work, it's just like, I don't know, I need some closure on it. It needs to stop and go away. Well, I'll say this. I'll say this. Uh, the first couple of times they did it were, were, were kind of legit. And I'm, th- I'm talking about the first couple of times in prior episodes. Yeah. Uh, because they were um, basically... Um, done where uh, the aunt was trying to get it to work and, and she's inexperienced with doing it and all that. So, okay, they're doing it to set it up because it's going to be something that's important probably in the penultimate or uh, uh, finale. Um, but, you know, and they did it twice, you know, one time where she feels or, or, or just, you know, the, the beginning and then the second time where it's a little more and we, we actually see something. And then this episode, they do it twice, and the pro- the problem with it, I feel, is like you said, where Diana's blood aunt actually does something that ruins the ritual. Yeah, and and, and it felt a little contrived just to make it not happen in this episode. Yep, you know, and and so it's going to happen in next episode or the or the finale, and. And so I think by doing it now twice in two prior episodes and then twice in this episode and in 
the two in this episode, it was more of um, you know you know stupidity rather than bad luck that it didn't work. That it, it kind of makes it drag out a little too much. And 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 I can see your point. It didn't really bother me, but I see where you're coming from. And also. I see why they probably did it because they wanted to make it really in our minds and fresh for, I think the next two episodes where it's going to play a a big part. Um, But yeah, it's almost like I can accept it. It's just a little much for me. Yeah. I mean, I mean the the arts this season have only really done two things. And one is, is that they helped look for, or are they the ones that could feel the note that, uh, uh, Isabel's husband had left for, so that was one thing. And then the only other things they've done this season is is this ritual, um, and that's it. So, and uh, argue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right, right. About should we trust the vampires and and why are you doing the ritual? So yeah, it's. I mean, that's pretty much it. Um. So yeah, I mean, that's it. It really what happens is, is she they finally agree to do the ritual after fighting the first time uh isabel warms up to uh the aunts trying to get them to stop fighting and then they finally agree to do it and the one thing that was interesting about this scene though barrett was it was at the goddess diana yeah i I thought so too i wasn't positive it was that but it looked like it to me so i'm glad you're confirming what i thought because i was like oh interesting (laughs) So that's yeah, it's one of the things. It I was basically five hundred. Well, well, because it's the, it was it was the Princess Diana's, I mean Goddess Diana's, um, shrine. The where they got married. Where they yeah. got married. Yeah. Because you got to uh, remember this is this is this is uh, the Claremont Estate. And they were doing a jail. And, and, and yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is 430 years in in the future, but it's the same same location, same place. And they snuck outside and they went to the Goddess Diana shrine and they did it there. Uh, it looked a little more decrepit. It looks like they weren't keeping it up. Yeah. Um. But yeah, and then that's about all. I mean, that's pretty much the whole storyline for them, right? Yeah. Yeah. They do see Rebecca, and Rebecca actually does speak once or twice, um, and I think it was in the first scene of the of the two, and 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 then that's about it. So uh, I almost feel like the ant did that on purpose, going into the smoke. Yeah, kind of did, but it also was. You got to remember that's her 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 sister. Yeah, and so she may have been like all emotional seeing her sister and ran over and you know th- you know being confused like is she corporal or is it just a mist right but you're right it could have been intentional too. I, I don't know what did you think Kevin um well first of all I I did not notice the the setting of that that scene I I completely missed it because all I remember is I mean I was kind of with Barrett all this like huh they're bickering and arguing and bickering and arguing. He's like, Oh, come on already. But I mean, I have to admit that I liked Isabeau's reaction with the boat, with the two of them that she's like, I think like Phil said, you know, she's warming up to them. She's being friendly and, you know, offering them glasses of wine and all that here, have a glass of wine. She says, I'm sorry. I was, 
at one point she says, I'm outside. Sorry. And Isabel's like, yeah, whatever. I don't, you know, I understand, you know, because I think even Isabel realizes, you know, you just can't be cooped up inside all the time. Um, you know, and then they have the discuss the heart to heart discussion about, you know, should we try to summon it? Because I mean, and the thing is, is that I'm listening to this. It, I mean, they may be witches, but they don't sound like they're particularly powerful ones. You know, because they're like, that's like high magic and all that. So, I mean, they just sound like they're just normal, average, normal, average, you know, witches. And there's really not anything that special about them. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, they've you know, mostly just been basic, been like, like mentors or are. Or... Someone there to just help Diane or, or here and there, but nothing else. Well, yeah. crazy. Basic witches. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, they were they were your basic they were your basic normal everyday witches. I mean, nothing wrong with them. Nothing, you know, nothing abnormal about them. They're just two women that, you know, their magic was good, but they weren't, you know, that powerful. I mean, if they found out that, oh wait. <laughs> Uh, yeah, your niece is actually a weaver. They'd probably, st- I, I, I kind of wonder what their reaction is going to be when they found out that, oh, Diane is actually a weaver. Oh boy, that's going to be interesting. But the thing I'm is, thinking, but- I'm thinking they're basically what most witches are. Like their power level is the average. Yeah. Well, that's what, yeah, that's what I was saying is that they're not yeah. particularly strong. They're just average. Yeah, but the thing is, I have a feeling that the mother was stronger. Than, yeah. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. the mother was stronger than her sister, and the father. And, and, was and then the, and the, yeah, then the the brother-in-law was even stronger than all of them because he was a, the only male weaver ever, or something. Right. Right. And so they, you know, so that's kind of where we are with. Um, that's where we're at with those two, you know. And I, because I mean, I was sitting there trying to think, like, what were you doing? Like, were you trying to hug the, the apparition or what? I mean, what? I don't know if, like, you know, you're mentioning that, you know, she screwed it up. And I don't know if that was intentional or, but the thing is, is that I don't, if it was intentional, it was really stupid because you are now outside, technically in danger, doing something that you're frightened of. So she wasn't acting particularly clever at that moment. I don't think she was. I don't think she meant to sabotage it. I think she just got overwhelmed by emotion and messed it, messed it up. But my yeah, whole, that's what I think. Too. But my whole question mm-hmm. is, is like, okay, it's an app. I mean, it's an apparition. You run your hand through it. Wouldn't the smoke just kind of, if you will, reconnect? I don't. I mean, is it or maybe it was just the spell was that weak? I really don't know. Sure. Sure. Um. All right. So, uh, any further things that we want to discuss about the the two sisters? Uh, I do like the fact that yeah, they they are not as special as Diana and her parents, nor are they as special as probably Knox uh, is. So, um, yeah, that, that's that's the it was an interesting point I, I felt because I, I never really thought about it until you mentioned that. Um, yeah, all right, anything else? If not, uh, we can, I what's do up? like how Yuzabo is is dealing with them and getting along with them. That's just, and we already mentioned that, but I really like that. I thought that was nice addition. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, 
there uh um i guess yeah she's she's grown as a vampire no doubt about yeah it. yeah um all right so let's talk about i guess really there's only other one other storyline for the, the episode that, that i can think of let me just ask if there's any more but this is the storyline is basically well this we can do, we'll do two there's two there's there's the marcus the marcus storyline which is which includes balls baldwin and phoebe uh and uh domenico and then there's the bad guy storyline which is um Jubert and Knox. Knox and, J- and Jubert. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, which one do we want to discuss first? Uh, or, and technically, they, they kind of interchange because D- Domenico yeah. appears you know, with both of them, I think. So, uh, I guess we can just talk about all of it together. Yeah, let's uh, start talking well, about I'm Okay, go ahead. Because, I mean, I was going to say about Domenico, he's starting to sound like an agent for hire. Oh, he is. He yeah. always has been. <laughs> That's well, why he was I mean, on Baldwin's side at the one point where Baldwin would have gotten executed. Right, right. You know, because, I mean, a one minute, he, you know, he's trying to, he says, I think I know who the, mur- the, the, the murderer is, the, the vampire murderer is. And he says, I want, I want more money. And um, I, was it Knox or Jabari? I can't remember which one he was talking to. I think it was Jabari he was talking to. And Jabari pretty much just says, shut up and do your job. And so then he goes to Matthew because he saw the, the, uh, the well, sorry, well, we'll get into that later. But uh, he runs into Marcus and um, essentially offers his service for hire. And Marcus isn't having any of it. But the thing is, is that Marcus probably doesn't know what's going on, what he's doing. So, I mean, if I don't know, it's that's kind of kind of an interesting sideline i think we should start talking about marcus because everything that he does is touched on by all the others and is a result of either him doing something smart or something stupid (laughs) well he travels quickly i'll tell you that much yeah he does (laughs) i mean i'm not even a couple blocks to get ice cream i'm talking like one minute he's in london or in oxford the next minute he's down in he's down in venice Right, right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's all right, though. I mean, that's yeah, just not it, showing us time scale or anything. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. And and you know, if you take a flight, you're there in in probably two hours from London. But either way, or Oxford for that matter. Um, he probably yeah, has a private but, plane too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's probably true too. Yeah, exactly. Um, so uh, yeah, let's let's talk about uh, that stuff because Marcus uh, is the. I guess the the key to all all the the stories, and based off of uh, uh, what I've read, Marcus is, is arguably one of the most important characters in the whole series because there's a spinoff fourth book that's based off of off of his storyline. Um, I like him in this episode, I really do. I know he does some things that maybe aren't so smart, but he's starting to come into his own as a leader. But you know what? Even even though he isn't smart in the sense that what he does to Baldwin. I mean, it's just weird how Baldwin has become from uh, a fairly good character in season one to, to this prick in season two. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Who, who would think that Baldwin would betray, betray the Claremonts, you know? Exactly. 
you know, and I don't know if he does it intentionally or if he's just stupid too. Well, I don't. I think he looks at the Isabeau line as blood rage vampires that should have been exterminated, as he says here. Um, so I don't think he thinks of them as part of the Claremont family. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, he's the... part of the Claremont family. That's the crazy part. I know. <laughs> yeah, right. so he's pretty much, I mean, he's going against his own family as well as against the vampires. But I think he's doing it because he, maybe just because he feels like he, he goes after, he's going absolutely nowhere. And, you know, he's one jealous. of those. Yeah, well, he's jealous, and he sounds yeah. like he wants he wants power. You know? Yeah, he, oh, yeah. He, well, he doesn't have the knights, which gives ultimate power over the Declaremonts, when you think about it, because the knights can always just say, hey, we're, we're going to do this now, and he has right. to follow suit. Um, so I don't think he likes that, because he's not really in charge of the family, even though he represents them on that council. So... Right. No, right. and it seems obvious he doesn't. His his um his loyalties are becoming misplaced. Yeah, 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 and and it's weird too because he was very loyal to Matthew in in season one. I mean, they were good buddies, it seemed, and. And he, I think he knew that the blood rage was there, right? And Matthew, he must have. Yeah, he yeah, knew he has about to. it. He has oh, to know the yeah, yep. yeah. So, I, and he I don't, can't be saved. Like, I, if they decide the Claremonts should be destroyed because of the blood rage, he'll die too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You would think so because I, unless he he's becoming evil and he just wants to overthrow Isabel and become the leader of the Claremonts or something, I, but. It's just weird, you know. I yeah. mean, I could. All right, I know he's pissed because season one he was protecting Matthew, and then he got overthrown in the council and almost even killed. But I, I, I would think he would he would be more pissed at Knox and Joubert rather than with his own family, and he would unite with his own family after that fiasco than than not. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. I know he's pissed about the intermingling of demons and witches and all that too because you know i'm sure he's not happy about diana and matthew and i and he's definitely not happy about uh, um uh marcus being buddies with the demons but i i mean it's just it's just i don't know it's, it's just strange that he would turn against people that he knows will back his ass up all the way to the end versus either being neutral or even siding with the people that would have him killed and tried to already kill him in season one. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. So his character is definitely becoming suspect and I, I don't know where he's, he, he's going, if he's going to be a villain by the end of this season or a villain in season three. Well, he's or, already a villain really, because he gave up that one really important piece of information. Yeah. About the yeah, bait. that's tr that's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe in his eyes, he doesn't look at it as a villain because he says, as he said to Marcus, you shouldn't be hanging out with them. And he goes, yeah, but they're my friends. And he goes, oh, you've been hanging out with too many humans. What's yeah, the problem. You know. So I don't. I don't know. It's just yeah. So maybe in his eyes, he's not being villainous, but it's 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 pretty bad. 
it's definitely betraying the family by giving that information out because they're protecting them. And that yeah. could have hurt, that could have hurt somebody. Um, it did. Yeah. So far it hasn't, but it may yet. And it's going to turn into probably a battle because the demons aren't going to want to give up their, their daughter. <laughs> yeah, of course. Not. So don't, we don't know, know where that is a, a witch or not. Well, I, a witch or not, the mother, it's still their daughter. Yeah. I mean, that, that mother, the, the, um, the demon mother, uh, she, I mean, when, when your bear stopped by, you know, and saw the witch, I mean, first of all, I mean, he just re- revealed that, you know, now, you know, the witches know about this. So they're going to try to, so the first thing they're going to do is they're going to ask, um, I just lost the guy's name. Um, Ed, Edmund, uh, the, ah, Matthew's brother. I just lost his name. Sorry. Baldwin. 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 No, no, no. The the other one, the, the head of the knights. Uh, oh, Marcus. Oh, Marcus. Marcus. His son. That's his son. Son. Marcus, son. That's his yeah. son. Right, Marcus. Marcus. Um, he's gonna. Um, you know, they're gonna they're gonna go to Marcus and say, "Hey, how did he know about it? Who did you tell?" And then Marcus is gonna realize, well, he you know he told his brother, and then he's like, "Oh, you know." Then he's gonna realize. Then, of course, Marcus is gonna tell Isabeau that. You know, this guy is pretty much a traitor to the family, which and then when Matthew gets back, oh, boy. Yeah, that, that's not going to be a Thanksgiving I want to be a part of, um, you know, because, I mean, they're, you know, Thanksgiving dinner. I'd like to be a part of because, I mean, they're they're just going to essentially accuse the, the brother. He says, you know, you you went against your family. You went against, you know, and, you know, if you honestly expect Matthew and Isabeau to. Well, first of all, Matthew, you know, Matthew made him the head of the Knights. So as a member of the Knights of Lazarus, this guy was supposed to obey. He didn't. He yep, betrayed he the Knights. He yep. refused. So he he betrayed his loyalty to the Knights of Lazarus there. He you betrayed. Mean Baldwin. Huh? Baldwin. Yeah, you Baldwin. Mean Baldwin. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, of course, so Matthew and Isabeau and yeah, everybody and Marcus. They're all going to be upset with him. So, I mean, they may cast him out. You know, he may be Benjamin Fuchs or whatever, on, you know, and be a cast, cast out of his clan. And that's not in, I, that's not going to be good. I really liked how Marcus responded to him, um, talking about how the, the grandfather really felt about him. <laughs> I thought that was a perfect response, and he just leaves it at that and walks away. That was pretty good. He was always, yeah, well, it was, well, isn't, Matthew is, Matthew's his brother, right? I mean, if you will, blood brother, you know, or no, Matthew sired him, right? That's right, so. Matthew sired Marcus. Yeah, Matthew sired Marcus, okay, that's right. Right, but, but, but I think what Barrett's talking about is Marcus is saying that Phil, Philippe yeah, didn't yeah, Philippe. like Baldwin too much. Well, right, he's, he's yeah, disappointment well, he's, or whatever. He says, you were always disappointed. He was always disappointed in you. You know, you're always a disappointment to him. And just the look on his face as he left. But the thing is, is that, I don't know, if if now Grant, if I were Marcus and I just told off the guy that I just let in a really big secret to, I'd probably make a couple calls, like, immediately saying, okay, look, I screwed up. I told so-and-so, I, you know, I, I told Baldwin about the baby. You might want to move the baby, like, now. 
Um, yeah, but 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 you're not expecting your uncle and a clamor to betray you. To yeah. betray betray you. Well, yeah. he he technically already did. Well, that's true. He already he did. did to your. He already did that to. I mean, if you if we're part of some organization, you know, some some brotherhood, uh, yeah. you know, and it's like, and and you as like the the grandmaster, Phil, tell me, hey, Kevin, I need you to do this, and I tell you to go pound rocks. I have broken my oath in the brotherhood, which means I have already. So, which means I have betrayed the brotherhood. So who knows what, how else I would, because you're saying, you know, right. Kevin. But, but I don't but think you know he's what? seeing it that way, though. I, I think right. he's seeing it exactly. as, as Baldwin as, is just kind just of a dink. A dink. An uncle that's yeah. being a dink. He's not going to answer the call right now, but eventually he's going to, because he's part of the Knights. I'll deal with this later. I don't have time for this crap. He's not thinking that Baldwin is going to betray him in, a, in such a dastardly way. Right. I think, well, I think exactly what Barrett's saying. Basically what, what Barrett is saying is is that his uncle is a dink showing jealousy and he's just looking at his uncle saying, you know what, this is just my uncle being my uncle. He's yeah. not really going to betray us. But the thing is, is that now that Gerber uh, has come in um, and seen the baby and pretty much said eventually... No, Knox. Knox came in and saw the baby. Like, between the two of them. I know. When Knox comes in and sees the baby and says, I'm going to take the baby. Okay, the minute that Marcus gets back and he's told that Knox knows about the Knox knows about the baby, he's going to know exactly where it came from because the people who know about right. the baby are, I mean. Uh, which is, do have their own ways of finding out things. So he, he can't be sure. Right, right. Exactly. He can't That's be sure. Right, and even if he does think it may be Baldwin that betrayed him, I I don't think he, um, yeah, yeah. No, I see what you're saying. I mean, again, though, you could always th- think that Baldwin was being stupid too. He go, oh, Baldwin, you dumbass! Why the hell did you tell Jubair you thought he wasn't going to tra- betray us, t- and then Jubair betrays us too? You know, so I don't well, know. The, I, that Baldwin does it probably mean I even see himself as betrayed. I mean, he may he betrayed an order from the Knights of Lazarus. He betrayed the you know the order from the Grand Master, but then he all you know so he betrayed so he disobeyed that order. As a result, though, from the secret, he he betrayed the Grand Master's trust because he told the witches who are essentially an enemy, you know. Still, I mean, that this congregation's holding on by a loose thread. So he told pretty much a group of people who would be who who have demonstrated themselves to be an enemy and well then, well hang on let he, me he, didn't, he didn't he didn't tell the witches he told joubert who was a vampire even though joubert's house hates the claremonts right but the thing is is that marcus is going to put two and two together and he's going to suspect and he's going to suspect baldwin and not right. Them unless Baldwin does something ama- like really amazing and almost self-sacrificing. Yeah, you're, you're probably right, but 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 Barrett has a good point, which is if Knox is a, a powerhouse, and so it, it, they could always just think Knox was able to figure it out himself because he's a powerhouse. But you never know. Well, I don't know because, well, see, the thing is, is that they knew about Diana. That's why they went to go test her. Um, yeah. So well, and they were well, trying hey, to keep Diana, her secret too. Diana, 
Diana was betrayed. Well, first of all, they always knew about Diana because Diana, because they kind of knew about Diana. But the thing is, is that Diana's quote unquote friend is the one who betrayed. I mean, the witches knew about her in Oxford and that one witch who wanted to get power uh, or at least no prestige, you know, amongst the other witches, you know, she betrayed Diana. And so that's how they really found out. I mean, and also they probably found out about Diana just because the book, you know, they sent. Well, we're, we're not disagreeing with that's you. What, that's I, what I think Barrett. Me. Go on. No, no, no. I'm, I'm pretty much, I'm pretty much done. My whole point was, is right. that it was the yeah. book that kind of summed, summoned the, the witches and the vampires. That That's true. They, everybody felt it, but, but right, right. But I, I, I think I see Barrett's point, which is there's a chance that Marcus will be stupid and just not figure it out and just think, Knocks or figure it out, and there's no evidence, so he can't say yeah. that Baldwin did it. So it doesn't matter if he thinks that he did it. If he can't prove it, that's a you know, it doesn't matter. It's it's the same effective thing. He can't prove it. Right, right, right. Even even if if you know OJ did it, you still you, you couldn't prove it. Right. Yeah, exactly. but you know OJ. But the thing is, is that you know OJ did it. Everybody knows OJ did it. And, and, uh, and OJ has been, and OJ, you know, I, ever since then has been known no, as murderer. We, we, I, no, we understand that. The point is, is <laughs> he was still I, found not guilty. Right. Oh, I know found, that. But the thing is, is that yeah. we, we know there, we know he was no, we, found guilty. Yes, but we, like, no, we're example, all agreeing with you, Kevin. All we're saying is that unless you have physical proof, Marcus can't say. Baldwin betrayed us. That's all Barrett is trying to say. Yeah, because he doesn't, he can't prove it. Well, he could say, I could assume it, but I can't prove it. Well, right. what he can do is he can tell his mother, is he can tell, not grandmother, Isabeau, and he can tell Matthew when he gets back. He said, These are the facts. This is what I did. You know, I told him thinking that he wouldn't say anything. And then, like a couple days, right. and like a day later, all of a sudden he shows up. I mean, we're, it's we're a little too much of a coincidence, and so they're all going to suspect Baldwin. And right, but, right. But I Baldwin agree with you. I don't see it happening. But, I don't see it happening. Baldwin's just going to deny it. Yeah. So I don't think I'm even die. wasting time on that. Yeah, we're, we're going to find. We'll find out in the next two episodes. Yes. Um. But but I, I see both points. I see both points. So you know, I wonder. I wonder. He will. I mean, he said. I said. Of course, he's going to deny it. But the question I have is: Will he deny it, or would he proudly say, "Yeah, I did it"? Because Marcus is going soft, and his uh, and question Marcus's um, loyalty or thinking or whether or not he was really the right guy because. Remember what Marcus, what what Baldwin said to him was, you know, we are the Knights of the Knights of Columbus. Sorry, uh, the Knights of Lazarus are an organization to look out primarily for the, you know, for the well-being of the Claremonts, and that's not what you're doing. So what he may what he may do is just say, of course I disobeyed, of course I because first of all he betrayed a witch, okay. He betrayed a he betrayed a family uh, like a mother. Baldwin has the law on his side. Let's just go there. He has the law on his side because they're not supposed to keep the witch. 
Right. Because even though they're demons and they had it's their baby, it's still a witch, and that's how it's defined. So it right. doesn't matter whether he betrayed him betraying the Claremonts is more important than the, anything else at this point. But the thing is, that's what Baldwin may do is say, "I did what a knight of Lazarus would do." And, could be right. And and talk about you know even though the the and then go on and accuse Marcus of being a poor leader. You know, you, that's actually a fair point because he could come out and say, "I'm the one that didn't betray anybody. You guys betrayed everybody because you're you're covering up consorting, consorting. <laughs> it's against the law, and and you're you're consorting. And even he can even bring up Philippe and say Philippe made money a lot of these laws. But in the end, he's still betraying the Declaremont. So it, ultimately, yeah. I think that that's not going to work for him, whether or not. <laughs> So Isabeau that argument. is is Isabeau, his own mother or her own grandmother, is breaking uh, congregation law because she is housing two witches. Yep, that's exactly right. Yep. And his brother or his father, brother uh, Matthew, his brother, yeah. his brother Matthew is. Um, he definitely betrayed congregation law because he. Uh, married a witch. Yep, absolutely. And and he so, also before he married the witch, he was he was hiding her uh, as well, right? Or whatever the word is. Yeah. Well, he was definitely align aligning himself with her. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, technically, all that's true. Though now Philippe, uh, who was the head of the congregation for years, I think, wasn't he? Um, he may have been the founder. Yeah, he. I think he was the founder. He's the one that that uh, agreed to the marriage, right? Like, you know, so so that's a, a, there's a paradox again. Mm -hmm. Well, the thing is, is that did he make that law after, or did he make the law before? Well, it, he he let them get married in 1591. Law didn't exist. The law didn't exist. <laughs> Maybe we know we're not positive. We don't know when all the congregation laws were made. Yeah. So, all right. So let's let's, let's move on. We'll, we'll we'll figure all this out in the next couple of episodes. Um, yeah, uh, let's let's to talk Phoebe and Marcus. Yeah, exactly. Let's talk about Phoebe and Marcus for sure. Um, all right. So Phoebe does a reappearance, uh, and we knew that because she was listed in the the main credits. Um, so you knew she was a, a recurring character and not just a one, one and done. Um, and so he, uh, she f basically, uh, still thinks he's nuts <laughs> and he's trying to get back to, you know, to figure out what to do with her. So, uh, he gives her the, the necklace of the knights, right? The grandmaster necklace. Yeah. Yeah. And tells her to you know do research on it and come back, which was one of the things I thought was stupid. By the way, you don't give up your grandmaster symbol. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even if you did get laid, it, it's like you, you want to give up all you know something like that. You know, that's just kind of yeah, yeah. Well, at dumb. the same time, though, he's going through a massive identity crisis because yeah, he wants he, to be human again. Well, it's a, well, it's not that he wants to be human again. He's just really angry that, yeah. um, you know, first of all, he did not know that he had blood rage. 
he had no idea. So, you know, because nobody, I mean, and, you know, everybody that knew him for hundreds of years knew that he had blood rage. And so 200 years. Right. So, I mean, so he's he's pretty torqued off about that. So he's so he's pretty much getting to the point of, well, why why should I, um, you know, why, why should I continue doing the way things have been going on? Um, and I think that's why he decided to try to, uh, reconnect with, um, I forgot the woman's name again, but, uh, Well, and he's thinking about giving up the grand mastery too, because he's so upset. Right. She ultimately changes his mind, which I I thought was good. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Because you don't want it to go into Baldwin's hands, right? Because right now he's a loose cannon. (laughs) Yeah. Who knows what he'd do with it. Yeah, yeah. Now I, I, I could, I, I almost rolled my eyes when they did that, that, that stupid speech when, when he goes to Phoebe, he goes, "You people are having, are, are just getting worse. You still have borders." And I was, I was like, "Oh, for God's sakes!" I couldn't. I almost laughed my ass off when they said that. Uh, you're becoming. You're still all bigoted. It's like, oh, for God, this is the woke. I don't need to hear that. I just it was. It was like a throwaway line. They just had to add for political reasons, I think. Eh, it didn't bother me. I know it wouldn't bother you, but I was just like, I just rolled my eyes because it was like, oh my god, that's ridiculous. Especially I mean, humans. What, humans do suck. I mean, what more can you say? No, but the reasons he said you still have borders, and it's like, what, what the hell is he talking about? I mean. In other words, they were promoting globalism in, in the goddamn TV show, and it's like, who the hell wants to hear that? They, but the thing is, is for example, Europe does not have, yeah, they have, you know, state borders, you know, like, uh, you know, France and Germany and all that, but there are no walls there. Well, it's the European Union. They're keeping immigrants from other countries out. Yes, they try to. So it's not necessarily physical walls that he's talking about. Yeah, he mentioned walls. Yeah, you mentioned built your building walls. You're doing this with immigrants. Yeah, yeah. Yes, it was political. It didn't bother me. It was a short little tiny speech about how he doesn't like humans because they're bad. <laughs> they just aren't good to each other. That's what I think what the takeaway from that was, whether it was co- coached in uh, oh, well, woke woke language or not. Yeah, it was definitely coached in woke language, and it was pro-globalism, and it was put in there just for no reason because it, it had nothing to do with the plot except for obviously the the writer of this episode wanted to get his one minute um pro-globalism into the episode that's all that's all i could think of because it, it really didn't make any sense it was strange and and this is the same group of people the the supernatural people who hate each other and and are bigots right of, that's where it so, doesn't make sense there you have the best point the fact that they are so against each other as a group, but yet he thinks humans should all be welcoming of each other is kind of ironic. <laughs> right. Well, and, and you can still, but that's the point that I thought was stupid is that humans can be welcoming with each other and still have, have doors and, and that they open and close yeah. depending, you know, and locks and locks <laughs> yeah, and locks. Yeah. So it there's was a, a reason different. locks have existed for so long. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, yeah, and there's a reason why if 
back in the day they had swords instead of guns to make sure people didn't break into your house. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. It was humans just... as a lot are not necessarily the greatest creatures on Earth. I mean, they kill each other. They make weapons to kill each other. They find more and more ingenious ways to do it. But the vampires and stuff, they're no better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the sad part about his statement. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it makes yeah, him out to be really naive, actually. Well, and that, that's what pissed me off is that not, not only because it was a, a woke statement that was unnecessary, but Phoebe should have came back and says, yeah, but what about you folks? Right. You know, they don't even trust individually each other, <laughs> even right. in one clan. So how can you yeah, be asking a... humans to trust each other all across the globe? I mean, that's just stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah, and, and it's like it's like I don't know. You actually think uh, Isabel would, would say, "Yeah, come on, have everybody come in and just move yeah. into my castle, take it." It's the like, person what? who executed witches by who knows thousands. <laughs> right, right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> she was like yeah. a little Hitler long before Hitler. <laughs> right, 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 exactly. Yeah. Well, and, and I remember when we were t- I was doing the Game of Thrones podcast. You know nothing, Jon Snow, a Game of Thrones podcast. Um, we were discussing about Daenerys bringing all the the Unsullied and uh, the other group. Uh, what was, what's the other group that she brought over with her? It was the Unsullied the, and the, 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 the Horse Riders, right? Yeah, the Horse Riders, whatever their names were. Yeah, I can't and, think of their names off the top yeah, of my head. And then people were, were on, on Instagram and Twitter and all that saying – uh, the Starks and and the Lannisters are all racist because they didn't want those people there. And I'm like, they're invaders. They didn't want them there. They're militarily not like, hey, could you mind if we take some land? <laughs> exactly. That's what we argue. We said on the podcast. It's like if we're sitting here at home, and then suddenly the Canadians just run over the border and attack us. It's like, what are you here for? We, we don't want you here. Or like Red right Dawn, where the Cubans are dropping in. Yeah, it's not like we hate Canadians. It's just that we don't—we're not expecting you to just land your boats here and start coming in and taking our houses. It's like get out of here. Well, and they weren't just taking—they were taking them with killing people too. I mean, they weren't just doing it peacefully; they were slaughtering people. Exactly. So yeah, it was just funny. It's so that was what kind of reminded me of, of that line. But uh, I think maybe we're even talking too much about it. Uh, it but it's just, it's just an interesting topic. It uh, is. So, yeah. Yeah. It really is. Especially when, when the paradox of the vampires being yeah. who they are. <laughs> I think awesome. they get along less well than the humans. I mean, honestly, it's pretty bad. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, Juvar. Jubea, I mean, threatened to kill Isabel this episode for yes. <laughs> And they could be killed just for housing two witches. Right, right. I mean, come on. That's stupid, though. Yeah. I can house whoever I want. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> um, all right, so let's talk about uh, the Phoebe and the Marcus stuff still. Uh, so, yeah, so so she gets on board. And and whatnot, and yeah, and then he's talking about how he would like to be. I mean, he, t- he talks to both um, the woman vampire and also Baldwin about how he doesn't like how he can't intermingle with the humans and everybody else and stuff. 
Well, I thought it was significant when she's researching the the um, amulet, and she comes across Domenico, and she gives him the information that Marcus is the the leader of the um, Knights of Lazarus. I, I, I think she did that intentionally because she knew they were in danger, and if she threw his name out, Domenico would 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 back off. You might be right, but that might not be a piece of information that Marcus would want them to know. <laughs> Because at that point, no one knew who the who the person was that was in charge. Is that really true? Yeah, because yeah. Matthew had just given him the amulet and said he's in charge. So I'm sure yeah. they don't just go telling everybody who the leader is. Yeah, maybe you're right. I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah, but yeah, I was surprised she gave that up too. But then I was thinking maybe it's because she, um, like I said, she she knew that it would scare him off. Well, she was definitely in danger until that other guy showed up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. And then Marcus like doing that to name drop to protect protect herself. Yeah. That's uh, what Phil was saying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Marcus, then she tells Marcus what happened and, and he didn't seem like he was too perturbed about it. And he knew exactly, Oh, it's Dominica. He don't worry about him. He's an ass. Well, but Domenico's already using that to his advantage, you know, by going to Marcus at that one point, saying you're going to owe me a favor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. So yeah. everybody owes him favors. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's hilarious, too. Marcos is, it pretends to be stupid. He goes, I don't know what you mean. <laughs> it's so obvious that that the, the, no one's going to, Domenico's not going to believe him, but, you know. What is yeah. yeah, it's kind of funny. Um, let's see. Uh, what else do we want to discuss or bring up? Any other scenes that we missed that we really want to bring up? Uh, the witches. Well, I mean, we kind of talked about it, but uh, not the witches. The um, demons having the the baby and then Knox walking yeah. in and how he put them to sleep, like with that device, that magical device. Right, um, right. He's quite... But I, he couldn't use it against the baby. That was interesting. Yeah, and isn't it abuse of his power to attack a demon like that? I mean, the demons don't even have any powers that we can tell. Right, right. Well, that I think it is, but because it's a witch he was there to get, or, you know, you know, you know what I'm saying? That he didn't kill them, and he he's using the excuse that that's a witch. We have to take the witch. Because when they're the demon's mother shows up the, the head of the demon congregation. She shows up and says, get the hell out of here. And he says, well, that's a witch, you know, spend your time wisely with that witch for now. But eventually that witch is coming to, with us because it's a witch. Yeah. Well, you know? I still think it, I would think physical or magical interaction with, a, with another one of the races would get you in trouble. It should. I mean, you can't even live with them, but you can just, practice magic on them it seems well, a little ridiculous well that's the thing is that they're, they're these all these groups are using interpreting the laws differently Knox yeah. can come back and say i did nothing wrong because you guys are harboring a witch i don't care if the witch was born by demons it's still a witch and you're harboring right her. right you know and that's basically what he said to her basically or it was implied anyway yeah yeah, it's kind of kind of interesting how that that went down. Um, I'm surprised we haven't seen the Swedish or is fin, Finnish with Finnish Finnish chick. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm surprised we haven't seen her at all this season. 
Oh, didn't we see her in? Did we see in her in the, the beginning? Oh yeah, in the beginning, but we haven't seen yeah, her. Yeah, the very first episode. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Well, you you know she'll be back for sure next season because if it's yeah. going to take place in the back to the present or back to the future, I should say. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And and she still may play a role in the next two episodes, assuming. Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm assuming the penultimate is going to be in the past, and the finale is going to be back to the present. But that's just yeah, a guess. that's that's my guess too. Well, just from seeing the preview, it looked like it was all going to be in the past next episode. So. Yeah, next episode. Yeah, and including his sister, Matthew's sister. Yeah, because she has a gun on. Diana. Right. So that'll be interesting. So they're going to be back in London next, I'm assuming, next next episode. Yeah, and it looks like... Um, I don't even know where they're at now. They're, they're back there now already, because it showed 1591 London, and then it showed them in the bed. You're right. So you're I, right. I think oh. time has moved, and they've, they've traveled back, so that had to take months. So we're yeah. probably like mid-1591 now. Yeah, summer of 1591, yeah. and and since nothing of interest happened between Bohemia and London, they just said, they just fast forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. All right. Yeah. So so next episode is going to be London in the past, 1591 summer. Yeah. Uh, what else? Uh, anything else that we want to bring up? Any, any other he scenes? goes to the store in less than a minute and gets her all the ice cream she wants, Phoebe. I'm Marcus thinking he does. stole it. I think so, too. The way he talked, because he would have had to stop. If he had stopped, he would have lost time, right? Yeah, exactly. There's no way he, he could pay and, and be back in 51 seconds. No, I think he stole it, like you said. <laughs> that yeah. was my first thought when he showed up. <laughs> yeah. Well, one thing I thought was interesting is when Knox goes in and sees, you know, for the baby and then the, the grandmother, you know, the mother of the, the father comes in. I mean, she was I mean, she was talking tough with him, but I'm wondering if there is something that she is able to do, <clears throat> is able to do that we just don't know yet. I mean, I don't know, but I mean, I'm just. Because she she talked pretty confidently with him, but you know, saying you know, with, you, with, with who with Knox with yeah. Knox, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, said she would kill him, right? Right. <laughs> yes, she did. She did say that. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, they they do if they're they may have this insanity thing, but they're also very creative, so they probably a lot of them have money. So there are things she can do that don't have anything to do. You know, she could hire assassins to kill him. Yeah. So, yeah, because he's still only human. I mean, right, right. He has to know a bullet's witch. coming to block it. Yeah, I mean, if he doesn't see the bullet coming, he's dead. Right. You know, it's not a vampire. He's a, he's just a a witch, and he's not even as good as Diana. So I think if you had like four gunmen, he's done. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you, you do a terrorist uh, bomb on him, he's done. That too. Yeah, it's another possibility. That that would also work, yes. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, let's see. Uh, anything else? Anything else? I think uh, we've mostly discussed everything. All right, let's just uh, talk about the flash forward again. So, yeah, so we're, they're back in London. His sister has a gun on Diana in one of the scenes, and she's mm-hmm. 
laying, you know, leaning over. Um, and she's brought to him, brought to her by um, the friend of Matthew. Oh, the yeah, demon friend. De- demon friend that that's become a traitor, kind of sort of. Yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, so so it's going to focus all on on Diana next week and and Matthew and all them. Um. So yeah, so they did set up his sister as a kook in that early episode of the season, obviously as a Chekhov's sister for this next episode. Um, also, Fuchs um, is is a blood rage person too, and we didn't see him. So, so a lot. I don't know what's going on. I, I'm still curious who the the blood rage person is in in present day London but De- Demonico is, is determined to find that out but yeah anyway uh, anything else anybody want to discuss on uh, the preview of next week uh, not I think I've discussed what I thought about it alright so let's uh, give a final thoughts on this episode here uh, hopefully, hopefully we, we weren't too, too scatterbrained tonight, but um, it was some good discussion. I know, Kevin, you went silent for a bit. Not sure why, but um, it is what it is. Um, all right, so let's give our final thoughts. Uh, so, Kevin, why don't you start? Okay, well, starting, I will, um, like, I, like I said, we had, uh, this was a, a link show, and it definitely gets you ready for you know the penultimate and the fun the fun finale uh for the season so this is a good episode definitely worth the watch you know you miss it some things probably won't make sense the thing is it's one of those shows that even though it's a link you miss it um some things may not make sense you know in in future episodes so uh, it's still a, a, a show that that should be watched if you're following the series. Yep, absolutely. Um, yeah, for me, um, yeah, it was definitely, as Kevin said, a, a, a bridge episode. Um, uh, it was interesting. It had some uh, good storylines. It sets up a bunch of things uh, coming up uh, with Baldwin and uh, Knox and uh various other folks um but uh all in all um you know what what are you gonna what are you gonna really accomplish in a bridge episode except set up probably stuff for a better episode uh and i think it did uh what it was supposed to do as that quote-unquote bridge episode so yeah it was good uh barrett yeah i really i i enjoyed the episode um it's not as good as the last two but it's it is again a bridge episode and it's leading towards you know the penultimate episode so it's trying to wrap some things up or get us ready for what's going to happen so yeah it was an enjoyable episode and i like to see marcus's growth so i enjoyed that a lot yep absolutely um all right so uh that was uh episode eight of the series as uh, we mentioned uh only two more episodes left of season two uh it appears that i read that season three will be most likely released uh q1 of 
2022. Damn, time is flying. Um, so yeah, so that's that's interesting. Um, but uh, it's still uh, that's only predictions by um, uh, websites and such. Uh, anyway, uh, next week's episode is episode nine. Uh, which is the penultimate episode of the season. Uh, Jonathan Teplitsky is the director. Uh, he directed episode six, um, which was uh, one of the, one of the uh, good ones that we discussed. Uh, actually, probably the, the best episode of the season. Uh, I think that was the one where they got married and all that other stuff. Um, and so that's good that he's back. And then Michelle Gill is the screenwriter and i think this may be her first uh episode of screenwriting uh she is a british singer songwriter actress and author gail had success as a soul and r&b singer in the uk in the 1990s including seven top 40 singles in the uk interesting so she became a uh, screenwriter i guess um so yeah very well um so um we will uh, be back next week uh, to discuss that one, too. Uh, that one will be released on f- March 5th in the U.K. and March 6th in the U.S. of A. Um, all right. So uh, make sure you email us at darkdiscussions at AOL.com or go to darkdiscussions.com and press the contact us form. Uh, we'd love to hear your emails, and we will read your emails on the episode. Once again, I thank you, Debbie uh, Ledesma, for sending in the email that was greatly appreciated uh you can follow us on twitter at dark discussion one you can follow us um on facebook at dark discussions podcast facebook group you can uh get the podcast wherever podcasts are found and uh yeah that's pretty much it uh so uh bart why don't you leave us out Thanks again for joining us on a Discovery of Witches, Demons, and Vampires podcast. Join us next week where we discuss the penultimate episode.